Welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, and life itself. Welcome to the new year. We hope you are slowly getting back into the swing of things after the holidays, during which we featured a few of our favorite shows, our best off, so to say. And today, as we are in the beginning of every year for the past year have done, uh, we are resetting the spiritual and astrological clock to give you, our listeners, a compass, an idea of what this new year looks like and what to look forward to if we were to navigate this year by the stars and our hearts. What does 2014 have in store for us? Or rather, what do we have in store for 2014? <gasps> we're your hosts, Helga Helbert. <laughs> Mark Mulcahy. And Sita Rani Talfar. You look so, like, wondrous when you say that. You're, like, yeah. in full possibility mode. It, yeah, it took my breath away. Took my breath away. Yes. 2014. <laughs> Well, as we always do start a show off, we like to do something in review. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And recap. And during December... Um, a great man passed on um, last year. And on the show, with everything going on, we made some announcements on Facebook and to honor the man, to this man's life. And I just wanted to take a little bit of time in reflection because uh, it's always good to look back at what has happened and who has influenced your life as you move forward. And Nelson Mandela was one of those people for me. And it was really interesting because... I, when I was reading about his life, many things I didn't know. Um, one of the things I, that I found out was that he was on the terrorist watch list in the United States until 2008. So he could not come into the, the United States without getting special permission to be really? not taken off, but only allowed. So it's like they made an exemption, but still stayed on there till 2008. And he was speaking when he when he first came here, and a young man approached him, 12 years old, and said, you know, you're such a saint. You know, how do you do such great work? And he replied, first of all, I'm not a saint. I'm a sinner who just keeps trying. And that stuck with me, <laughs> is that for as I move into the new year, that looking back at his life, that stuck with me is that, yes, sometimes we're not perfect, but we still get to keep trying. Yeah, beautiful. Actually, I would say most of the time we're not perfect. <laughs> I certainly am not. Um, yeah, interesting. When we posted, um, you know, our condolences in the beginning of December of last year, uh, we actually had a couple people only, but still a couple people who were saying, you know, Africa's worse off um, since uh, Mandela took power. Um, or when he took power, it kind of, you know, HIV is still rampant, all the things that are not working well. And it's exactly along those lines of what, what you were just saying, Mark. He, it's You can't blame the positive change that has happened in Africa um, since then, or, or you, you can't um, make him responsible for all the positive change only because it's the people always, sure. right? Sure. And, and, and we do follow great inspirations and, and leadership, um, but also you cannot blame somebody for everything that has not changed to the positive yet. So there's so much more to the truth that I was surprised by the by, by these couple comments um, of, of kind of making Nelson Mandela responsible for everything that is not in, mm -hmm. in alignment mm -hmm. in Africa yet. Um, as in many other countries, there's, you know, there's lots of work ahead. And yes, we can just uh, keep trying as, as sinners, so to say, to do better. Really, that's really the, the goal in life. We, nobody will be ever perfect. Well, isn't that the thing about leadership, right? Is that it requires, I think it requires a bit of humility in order to do it because you are living by example, inspiring other people to look at the way they live their lives and be honest about where <laughs> they could grow mm -hmm. and and be um, gracious about who 
got you where you are to do positive things, to, to be positively influential. And that's something that has always inspired me about Nelson Mandela is the way that he's able to hold such a beautiful balance of that which is is harmful and that which is helpful. You know, like the leader holds both of those things and reflects them back in equal measure. Yeah, we often elect somebody and then hope, you know, that they will figure it out, right? Even in this country that has happened over the last eight years, we were hoping that our leadership would just figure it out for us. It will never happen that way. There will never be one person that will just put it all in place um, for us on our behalf if we don't show up doing helping and doing our part in it. And it's a perfect topic or a perfect segue to today's topic 2014 and astrological preview um, 2014 all about relationships and so you know what's our relationship to that commitment to change and to our lives um, yeah thanks for bringing that up mark mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nelson mandela rest in peace um, that is the topic for this week 2014 an astrological preview as we are navigating somewhat by the stars and mostly by the hearts looking at what 2014 has in store for us, or rather what we have in store for the year for 2014. We're your hosts, Helga Helberg. Mark Mulcahy. And Sitarani Palomar. And before we dive into that topic, here's our relationship to health and beauty. Here's Chef Sita with her holistic bite. Well, this is the topic on many people's <laughs> minds and coming out of their mouths as they're espousing what is going to be their New Year's resolution. And that is very frequently to get healthy and maybe more specifically to lose some weight. Yes. And actually on that note, I do want to make a comment to the fact that both of my very handsome co-hosts here in the studio had quite a triumph of weight loss in the last year. But we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that in a minute because I want to share some tips for those listeners at home on simple things you can incorporate that may help you on that route towards a healthier and maybe lighter year. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I say very, very regularly is to eat breakfast and to prioritize breakfast. Make it the first thing you do when you get up because so frequently when we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of all of our responsibilities and getting ready before we run out the door, our blood sugar gets low and then from that place of being frantic, we make poor choices and we shock our system with too much sugar or or too I mean usually too much sugar or caffeine in the morning so giving yourself a good base is actually setting yourself up for success and along that same line about never being hungry because when you're hungry one like I said you make the less healthful choice but two actually you're putting your body in a constant deficit because what's happening is you're teaching your body that it can't rely on regular intervals for food so snacking I have always found to be a, a very crucial part of a healthy weight because it keeps an even blood sugar throughout the day it makes it so that you're less likely to overconsume when it comes time for a meal and it, it's a place where you can almost rely on a really healthy input to your day even if you find challenges about where you can get something good for lunch so good snacks. I tend to think of the macronutrients. Make sure you're getting complex carbohydrates in the form of fruits and make sure that you're getting good quality protein, maybe in some almond butter or some nuts. It's another great place to get good quality fat. And one thing that I also really appreciate as a snack is a fresh juice. And I'm not necessarily talking about a fruit juice because a lot of sugar can mm. also be shocking to the system, but I, I'm a big fan of, of juice cleanses. But as a healthy lifestyle, I think that having a juice a day as a snack is a really great way to make sure you're flooding your body with the essential nutrients, the vitamins and the minerals and the electrolytes and all of the most wonderful things about vegetables. So having some fruit in there, apple juice or orange juice does make it more palatable, but make sure that you're really putting a lot of great greens and different vegetables in that juice mm. as well. So a juice a day is a snack, I find, is really helpful for maintaining a healthy weight. And then another thing, and this is somewhat of a controversial perspective, but this has always been really helpful for me, eat fat to lose fat. Because I, I believe that so many of these diets that are saying cut all the fat out because it's really the fat that makes you fat. We need fat. We need fat in our lives. It's what, it, it's what um, powers our brains. It's what keeps us healthy. It's what satiates us. It's a, it's a crucial part of a healthy, balanced diet. And so 
I would rather get my, sati- my satiation from good quality fat, whether that comes from nuts or olive oil or almond butter or, you know, putting something in my tea that makes it richer or putting some butter on a piece of toast as opposed to always going for something sugary like like um, a chocolate spread or like jam. jam. Exactly. Jam is another great example of things that people tend to go for. I find that it is the overconsumption of sugar that makes it harder to lose that weight, not the overconsumption of fat. So making sure that it's balanced, choose something that you find very nutrient rich and, and don't fracture your nutrients, right? These, these reduced fat ingredients are not taking into consideration the fact that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So choose whole foods, make sure you get good snacks, make sure you get your vegetables potentially in the juice form and eat fat to lose fat. And hopefully that will be a success for you this year in your weight loss. Mm -hmm. And that was this week's Holistic Bite. Thank you, Sita, Sita Rani Paloma, a.k.a. Chef Sita. Yeah, that is on many people's minds. And um, Mark, how did you do it? I know you lost, what, 20 20 pounds? Actually, almost 30. 30 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. What was your your regiment? Conviction. Was the biggest? I think the biggest thing. I was I was committed, and I had a conviction to do it. And I mean, actually, Helga, you were part of Helga. You were part of that inspiration because you've spent the last couple of years working out and and getting your body in the best shape that it can be. And I just I decided that I wanted to be in the best shape I possibly could for everybody who is in my life and for myself. And I'm about ready to launch some different aspects of my career and and if I'm going to be a healer or a person who can uh, help other people through a massage uh, therapy then I wanted to be in the best shape not only physically but spiritually and mentally so that I could be present enough to do that. Yeah and it's interesting when you say best shape of my life I'm actually not as fit technically as I maybe was when I was 20 or 22 but it feels I'm fitter. You know, it's that where, where are you in your life? What age are you at? Mm-hmm. Can you get into the best feeling of fitness or mm-hmm. the best feeling of body awareness in your life? And there's no age to it. You can, you know, do that when you're 70 or 80 or 90 years old. Make that commitment, whatever that looks like in, your, sure. in, in that moment. And actually, Sita, you said something months and months back. It's um, when you talk about conviction markets, what you want now versus what you want the most, mm-hmm. right? And keeping that as a mantra, you know, over the fridge or over whatever, wherever your weakness lies, right? Not exercising or mm-hmm. that snack at nine at night that sugary snack, wherever you falter, we usually know. We know our relationship to self, right? We know our weak spots. How do you how do you address them? How do you circumvent them? How do you deal with them and manage them? Because they are manageable, but are you convicted, uh, con- convinced? Or con- <laughs> no, I haven't been. Yeah, no, but <laughs> what is your conviction or what is your commitment to wanting to manage them, right? That is really what makes or breaks success in the long run. Well, and, you know, we've had a couple of interviews with different people who've talked about diet, uh, the engine... Engine 2 diet. Engine 2 diet, and just different things where the the authors have talked about their relationship to food. Yeah, incredible. And and Sita, you Mm -hmm. talked earlier this year, it was either you or one of our guests who talked about the value of protein in the morning because of allowing your body to... It gives you more uh, to burn or to uh, hold on to and you don't eat as many calories later in the day with if you have breakfast or if you have some protein for breakfast and I incorporated that and and the and fats um avocado is another mm, key one absolutely. for me it's like all the things you mentioned but a little avocado on a sure. piece of to- on a whole grain piece of toast is so satisfying for me it's like if I have that for breakfast it's like I feel like I can go out and conquer the day and it's that simple it's, uh-huh. it's not a big meal but just even doing that. Yes, and that's exactly the, the topic. Sita, you mentioned that too. Um, just to, to wrap up the holistic bite, it's such a beautiful topic, actually. We can have a whole hour on that. But <laughs> the metabolism part is a huge part. The way I was able to um, bring down my weight a little bit and get more fit was actually to eat more. And mm-hmm. it's a bizarre concept for me, but um, I'm, I'm following or I have been following the fast metabolism diet uh, who's the author? Haley Pomeroy. Oh, uh, Haley Pomeroy, exactly. And she says 
we sleep for you know seven, eight hours, whatever it may be, nine hours, and then we have a coffee and then we eat the first meal at one o'clock in the afternoon. So your body, you just told your body that there's a starvation going on because really by the time you eat lunch at one o'clock or two o'clock and you had a coffee which exhausts your adrenals further, you have been not eating and you have been in fasting mode while further depleting it mm -hmm. for, you know, 16, 18 hours, something mm -hmm. like that. So she said, whatever you do, even before you go in the bathroom and brush your teeth, you go to the fridge and eat, you know, um, a, a healthy uh, breakfast, whatever right. it may be, sprouted right. wheat, um, you know, granola, what, whatever. She has a whole diet plan, but it's actually not about the diet plan. It's not about what you shouldn't eat or how many you, mm -hmm. things you shouldn't eat. She, uh, it, it's you wake up and you eat, and it's you know small, and then you eat again in two hours later. And what that does, it fires up your metabolism, and you are, uh, you know, you feel nourished throughout the entire day, and you never get into these hunger spells where your body actually starts to burn muscle or. Well, it goes back to see to snacking. Yeah. Well, and it's an incredible formula because she doesn't leave out any macronutrients. She said, in the end, you can't cut anything out and expect to burn because your body is going to become depleted. Like you said, Helga, if you go fat-free and you tell your body that you're not going to eat fat, it's going to store the fat that mm -hmm. you have. Exactly, because it so, wants you to survive, yes. right? Yes. Sure. Yes, and that's our relationship to food, as 2014 is all about relationships. 2014, an astrological preview. Thank you again, Sita. Mm. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stay tuned. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. You can follow the show on anorganicconversation.com. If you uh, missed any other episode, everything is archived there, as well as on facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation for tips and recipes and more. And also streaming now video, uh, an organic conversation is available on talkstreamnetwork.com, talkstreamnetwork.com, all one word. In this hour, we are looking at 2014, a new year, a little astrological preview, as we have always done in the past four years that this show has been on the air, to look at what this year may hold for us or what we hold for the year. And um, yeah, this year, 2014, is is all about relationships on so many levels. On so many levels, yes. <laughs> well, we did a little research in advance of coming in today to talk about what you may want to consider as you go in and how you can best manifest best manifest whatever energies are working in your favor this year. And as Helga said, it's about relationships this year, 2014, not just relationships with other people in your life, although that is extremely important, but also relationships with yourself and relationships to that which you hold sacred. And your job and your parents and um, really everything that we are in relationship with, certainly with self and certainly with a partner in your life, um, but really even relationship to anger, relationship to joy, to sharing, um, our entire life is based on, on um, relationships on every level um, to food. And so, um, yeah, there's an interesting flow throughout the year. Uh, the first three months of the year kind of in the realm of relationships stand under the, the overarching um, theme of evaluation. 
right now, January, February, March, um, the, the biggest piece is to look at, and Mark, you said that earlier today already, we know what's going on, right? We know where we are not committed or we know our weaknesses when we, for example, commit to weight loss. We, we know, we know ourselves, we know um, where we often falter. What is that relationship? What is that relationship to honesty and truth to know? I always get a sugar craving at nine at night. It doesn't matter what you did all day long because that's where you kind of kill your commitment, right? If it was about weight loss, mm -hmm. for example, if you mm -hmm. do that. Bar of chocolate at night. So knowing and being being truthful about it, the first three months really about evaluating um, your relationships, which one work, which one ones don't. Well, and you have to start with an evaluation. I mean, like... Like we said, every year begins with intention setting. What do I want to create this year? What do I want to be different this year that I've never had before? And so in order for you to come up with a new habit, a new way of living, you have to look at your current way of living and gain any wisdom that you can from that. And that is where the evaluation comes into play. Completely necessary. And we have that opportunity. I think we all evaluate every single day it's just what you do with it right yeah in the beginning of the year everyone is looking at you know what are your intentions instead of intentions for the year you know listing two three things i think having that assessment time of really spending an hour or two with a notepad and going through what makes your life right do you like the place you live do you like your job do you like um, what and what do you not like or what would you like to change? It doesn't mean that you need to leave, but mm -hmm. what would you like to change, right? Mm -hmm. Is your partnership working? Is your marriage working? If not, you don't have to get a divorce. But what can you install? What tools can you use to make you more joyful within the world you're living within? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the first three months of the year. Then as we are heading into the spring, it's about conserving, pacing yourself. Um, you know, looking at your your resources. Uh, I, I did some boundary work in fall of last year. I had some uh, challenging times with my parents who are pretty old and pretty sick. And um, so managing that relationship, I needed to find a new way out of the son relationship that I was in with them to kind of now managing the household in one way or another. All of a sudden, there's this transition between son and then um, you know, leader of the family, dealing with family affairs, and mm -hmm. not easy, and letting the old go, and still honoring that relationship of parents and and child, even though no longer child, right? How do you do that? And so, um, boundary work helped me to find my um, space better with them. Like, how? What do I want to bring in when I see them? Mm -hmm. Right? Do I? Uh, what do I can? What can I bring? How can I set the agenda rather than just, as always, going to their home and going through the same exact routine as many of us go when they visit family mm -hmm. every time over and over again to end up with an argument or to shut down or to end up at a place that we actually don't like? What can we create in that space? Um, that that was really the biggest topic for me, and it's it's amazing what what can be created if you tackle it. The thing I love about these predominant energies that we're going to be aware of in the spring of 2014 is pacing yourself, for sure. I'm doing this training called the Collaborative Operating System, and what it does is it teaches you how to be more effective with teams, and whether you're talking about that from a professional standpoint or from a personal standpoint, one thing that they're really clear about is that you want to understand the problem before you start working on the solution, and what you need to do is go slow to go fast. Spend time understanding the existing situation Otherwise, you'll invest a lot of time in implementing a solution and then having to redo that solution if it doesn't actually serve your needs. So pacing yourself after a time of evaluation really allows you to understand how to move forward with the intentions that you're going to bring to bear this year. And Mark, that's such a big topic for you, right? You, you are traveling a lot. You're constantly, seems like, on the roll. Um, how, do you, how do you pace yourself well? Well, actually, 2013 was a very revealing year about that, <laughs> uh, choosing to create some different ways that I conducted myself in the world and with along with my health and, and things like that. But it's, Sita, you kind of hit it on the nail. It's like I do travel. 
I created a, more of a sustainable travel routine, uh, leaving times, how, how I am in hotels, all that stuff, what my expectations around my clients. I don't work 10, 12, 14-hour days when I go visit a client anymore. I work eight so that I can make sure I swim. I mean, it was just different. It was changing some of that type of stuff. And I realized in that is every time I sped up, it didn't get me where I wanted to go. But when I slowed down and actually looked at it, you know, it's like it's a perfect metaphor for 2013, and it's leading me into 2014, recognizing, I told you during the break on the, uh, the show, is I'm recognizing that I have to put in the world as I need it for me so that I can be the best person. That's what occur- that's what's occurred for me. If I, need, if I want to exercise two hours a day, then it has to be as important as eating, getting up, coming in, doing the radio show, whatever that is. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we are taking the year 2014 by the horns, or rather ourselves and our commitment to the year, what we want to change, going through the year from an astrological or energetic place. Um, the first three months are about evaluation, evaluating your relationships. Um, April, May, June, more about conservation, pacing oneself, uh, July, August, and September, the the overarching principle is protecting your space, relationship with self. And then as we are heading into the winter, if we do it right, uh, October, November, December are about freedom and truth. So this year, it's all about relationships on every level and um, talking about freedom and truth as the final goal in everything we do <laughs> in life. Mm-hmm. We want to um, talk about how we get there and what it takes and what tools are out there to make that commitment and actually hold it. That and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. NextSpace brings together a professional, collaborative workspace with a warm, supportive community. It's a place where you can do your very best work. And now, NextSpace is introducing NextKids, a workspace that also provides great on-site child play care. Hi, I'm Diana Rothschild, founder and chief mom of NextKids. We believe that you can be a better parent and produce better work when you seamlessly integrate work and life. We're better together. Join this conversation at nextkids.us. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And today our topic is 2014, an astrological preview, and also an honest conversation with the commitment of our hearts as we are looking at what we have in store for 2014 rather than what 2014 has in store for us. The topic really for the year is relationships. Um, Lots of planets are zip-zapping in the right fashion to make this year um, a, a true relationship year. And that means relationship to self, to parents, to food, to friends, to exercise, to anger, to our reactions, all of it. Relationships, the whole ecology, the study of relationships on every playing field. Well, and the, the last piece of that for me is your relationship to whatever it is that you hold sacred. And for me, it's that relationship to the sacred that allows you to manifest your intentions. And that is what we are trying to do not just every year, but really every day. What can I do to make this day different than the last day? And even if the last day was wonderful, how do we maintain that wonder? or How do we increase that joy, whatever it is? But the question on the table for me is, what is it that you do to bring your intentions to bear fruit? Because everybody has different tools, Mm -hmm. whether it's prayer, whether it's spending time in nature, whether it's journaling, whatever it is, I believe The power of intention lies in attention. 
where you put your attention and how you like create that. that is how you bring it to bear. And one thing that we've talked about on the show before, actually this time last year at the beginning of the year, we talked about new moon prayers, which is a tradition that each of us have. And we actually, we had brought a copy of the book just so people can see what it looks like, but it's a fantastic <laughs> book by an author named Jan Spiller. And this is New Moon Astrology. It's basically looking at the qualities of each zodiac sign. And as we move into each new moon, it's in a new zodiac sign. And those qualities are what are being manifested. So by sitting down and saying, this month, I'll take December, for example, because I've done the December one relatively recently. The, the month of December is about the quest for truth. It's about peace of mind. There are lots of beautiful things that apply to the Sagittarius qualities. And when you're thinking about those, you can say, what do I want to have greater truth and integrity in my life? What do I want to have greater peace of mind? Various things. But you can actually journal those out as wishes. I want to have greater integrity as the best of my being comes forward, yeah. whatever that may be. But because you're putting attention at that place, you're giving an opportunity for you to follow through on that. Yeah, what you call attention, um, I would call ceremony, and it's maybe you know similar or almost the same. It's it's beautiful. It's um, whether you believe in astrology, whether you believe in the stars, it it really does not matter. Um, th do that. It's that's wonderful. It, whatever works there for you. But I do feel that the frame that it creates is what matters just as much. It's that you know, lighting a candle or not, sitting at a creek or not, and writing out or saying out loud um, your commitment to oneself that you you will do this, and you, you know that that you your wish for more integrity being your word or whatever whatever you wish for yourself or the world or or others but that really sacred um, vulnerable place of of making a true intention in the attention that as you said of ceremony of whatever framework to make it not just oh it would be nice today to take the public transportation no that's not you might do that but then four days later you even forgot that you did it the more dramatic in a way or the more honoring you can do it the more lasting it will become that's my experience well, and interesting to hear hear both of you because um <clears throat> having gone to church with my mom sometimes sometimes people will go up for certain prayers in her church and it's the same thing. Absolutely. They are going up and saying, I look, I'm looking for guidance. I'm making a commitment to, to creating this life for myself. And that's one, another way that people do that. And so it, for me, it's all the same thing. You, you are creating the intention or you are asking or telling yourself what you want or need or what the life that you want to have. Yeah, and it's powerful. Whatever your relationship to church is, whatever your relationship to organized religion is, the you know being in a in a dome in in um, Europe in a church, right, a large church, uh, and 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 kneeling down and making a commitment to yourself is absolutely powerful. I mean mm -hmm. that you know mm -hmm. whether you believe in Jesus or whatever your God is, that exact framework of of. Um, unusual circumstances and that can be a candle at your house right mm -hmm. it doesn't you don't need to go anywhere but the more you can really create a framework that honors your commitment because this is important to you because actually we're talking about your life right mm -hmm. this is this isn't a decision or a wish for your life and it won't change if you take it lightheartedly and that brings us right to what mark said which i thought had so much power which is the question what are you waiting for well <laughs> well i've been asking myself that very much <laughs> And, and that's where it came up in a conversation between us, Sita, is what are you waiting for? And I can tell you, you know, I've said <laughs> that, okay, maybe I'm not ready to be a massage therapist or maybe I'm not ready to do this or that in my life. And the reality is, when are you going to be ready? <laughs> and there's never the perfect time. And, we, and so instead of saying, I'm waiting to do this, the question for Sita and I that we came up with, and Helga too, is why wait? What are you waiting for? And so I'm not waiting. I've decided that for 2014, <laughs> I'm not waiting. And, and it's, a it's, a, it's a little scary. But it's also, it's actually very freeing to say, I'm just going to create the life I want. Yeah. And never the right time is kind of funny. It's never the right time. I mean, I can guarantee you, if you want to leave a relationship or whatever it may be, you need to change something, 
it will never feel easy and fun. And, you know, there's always the other thing that is in the way. And one, once that passed, um, then maybe, no, there will be five other Tuesday's things. Tuesday's a better day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then, you know, he or she got her promotion and he or she will feel better if it's about a romantic relationship. Or, you know, if I just eat a really rich meal for the holidays coming up in three weeks, then I start my diet. Like, that's, you know, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that until yeah. your final day. Well, and I want to <laughs> kind of summarize something that Mark said, and I want to give you credit because sure. this was so powerful for me, which is that, you know, Helga, you're saying it's easy to look at it and say, it's never the right time. It is as much always <laughs> exactly, the right time. And this is what Mark this said that I thought was so beautiful, which is there are so many tools that we have. There are so many places and people that we go to for guidance. But ultimately, we are our own guides. Mm-hmm. And that brings us right to produce. <laughs> oh, does I it? I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how we it got does. guided to that place. It does. <laughs> yes. Guidance. Mark. Guide us through produce. So you're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And um, yes, that's a 2014 astrological, somewhat astrological preview of our hearts. It's all about relationships. So get on it. Look at what's sacred and put in place and ask for support to change what must be changed. Um, and what must be changed might be more produce, and we will have a, a preview or a look at the produce talk of what's going on in just a minute when we come back after the break. Stay tuned. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. Life's a game, and so is work. And just like any game, sometimes your team is in a slump. Maybe it's a new team. Maybe there's conflict. Maybe you're under pressure to keep up with your own success. Whatever it is, it is time to get your game face on. The ultimate game of work combines game design with executive coaching to create high-engagement workplaces. Boost your team's creativity and performance by designing the game you want to play and win together with the ultimate game of work. Enticed? Learn more at ultimategameofwork.com. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Wilgay. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. From 2014 and all of our relationships to our relationship to broccoli, here is Mark <laughs> Mulcahy with, uh, with an update of what's going on in the world of produce, what's in season. Um, what's in season? Um, good uh, snap and music is always in season, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, today, today you walk into the produce department and you st- it still looks like it always does, right? And uh, we have things, when Earl and I were growing up in this produce world, um, we had things that you could count on at different times of the year. And now that's, it's changing ever more where maybe you saw grapes. As a matter of fact, seeing grapes around Christmas time was really not that common for me. Organic grapes. It's, uh, and, and then, but you, right now you, in the stores you see pears, you see apples. They're not being picked right now, right? Citrus, all these different things. And so I thought it'd be really interesting if we sat down with Earl and just had a little conversation is, how, do, how are these things able to be in our produce department now when, in fact, they technically aren't in season, even though to us it seems like they are? So on the line, of course, we've got Earl Herrick, the voice of the San Francisco Produce Market with, from Earl's Organic Produce, here with us to talk about uh, storage produce. Hey. Earl, you with us? 
Hey, Earl. Yeah, how y'all doing? <laughs> Happy New Great. Year, Earl. Great. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Here we are. And, you know, how do they do it? Yeah. <laughs> Earl, that's why we have you on. <laughs> well, you know, We're looking for your divine guidance. <laughs> this is the time of year. The Happy New Year is traditionally when uh, cold storage opens up, CA storage. Now, those are terms some people understand and some don't. You were saying, how is it possible we have apples and pears, two right. particular items, you know, apple a day? And sure. those are staples we see, as you said, Mark, all the time, year-round. And it's only possible because of technology and storage. So years ago, we, uh, you know, we, uh, we were uh, agri- more agricultural, more ag- uh, agrarian, and we, we, you know, a larger percentage of us had farms. We had root cellars because once you harvested that corn in July and August, you wanted to keep some of it. So that uh, what we have now is is the new age root cellar, and there's basically two kinds of storage. There's the regular cold storage, which is kind of like a refrigerator. Product gets picked, puts in a cold storage, and you have it for a couple months. Then they upped the ante to that and created a controlled atmosphere storage, which is very high tech. You basically put apples and pears in hibernation, and you know I can talk about exactly how that uh, how that happens. But that is what it is. So this time of year, right now, we're we're bringing apples out of this uh, controlled atmosphere, and they're they're generally the best apples and pears that are picked because they have to last. So the apples and pears are picked in October, November. We put them in storage. We crack that storage open in January on, and you have these fresh apples. Amazing. And pears. And pears. But and Earl, pears. Earl, we saw grapes. Now, this, is yeah. a, this has something to do with not necessarily with uh, controlled atmosphere or cold storage. This has to do with something else that's changing in, in uh, yeah. agriculture well, and in the marketplace. <clears throat> Well, you know, it's a, it's a product of supply, and part of that equation is the function of demand. And so it's kind of like what came first, the apple, uh, the, the egg or the chicken. Um, the apple. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but there was enough demand, uh, and or there was enough supply, uh-huh. so you had to do something with that. So you stored it. So grapes... You know, the thinking is grapes is summertime and maybe a little bit in the fall, but you don't have any longer. But growers started to feel that we can stretch that market. Maybe let's try to take it to the holiday, Thanksgiving. So they they put more acreage over to those table grapes. And now, I mean, you can uh, I think pretty much it just ended around Christmas, that supply of grapes, because there's enough demand. We can allocate more acreage. And we, you can't keep grapes more than a couple weeks. But isn't it also, Earl, about that they are actually maybe developing varieties that can be grown in areas that weren't grown before, so that allows them also to extend Expanding the season? the seasons, yeah. The, absolutely true, Mark. Not only that, they grow a hardier grape, so they may give up uh, maybe a cosmetics or high color to a, a grape that's a hardier they can withstand some colder temperatures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's develop, definitely development, whether it's a berry or a grape or apples, that have certain qualities that, gonna, that are going to be successful later in the year when perhaps the environment, the climate, is not so favorable. Mm-hmm. Earl, what does that mean Absolutely. for the consumer, right? If, you, if we go into a shop, uh, into a store, and I don't know which items come out of storage and have been in hibernation and are now being kind of you know, put back to life in a way or, or put on the shelf. Um, does that does that behave differently when I buy it? What do I need to watch out for and how would I know what has mm-hmm. what is coming out of storage and what is not? Well, I'd like to answer the first part of that rather than the last part. Um, <laughs> how you deal with it is, well, first of all, you don't know. But if you know, you want to keep it refrigerated because it's coming out of refrigeration. It's coming out of storage, so it w- it's more acclimated. If you leave it on your counter, it's going to go bad 
very, very quickly. So that is really so, the, the golden rule, right? If you know it's fresh from the tree or from the farm, harvested in summer or fall, whenever mm -hmm. its season is, um, you can keep it on the counter in general, maybe not every yeah. produce item, but sure. in general, um, because it has that day temperature in it. If it comes out of storage, it degrades way faster. And anything that, that you know is usually not in its season is yep. then put best in the fridge because it might break down within you know a couple of days already otherwise. Is that generally speaking Precisely. Uh, That's definitely the rule of thumb. And otherwise, how do you know? It's really just, an, uh, it's just a matter of uh, education and practice and talking to your produce guy um, and being interested perhaps enough in that commodity so you know a little bit more about it. Cool. And, and otherwise, Mark, do you, yeah, I think just off the rack, unless it's marked, there's very little way to know just physically. Yeah. Well, some, some ways, there are some stores that I work with who will move, come January, will move their apples to a refrigerated oh, case. that's right. And that's giving right. you the clue that, okay, you probably should keep it in refrigeration because they've been out on dry tables for the whole autumn. Right? Same with pears, same with grapes. Even at certain citruses right now that are at the end of their season, mm -hmm. you won't see those out on the dry tables as much because they don't have the shelf life so that they're going to be put in the refrigerated case to give them a little bit extra life. And another key thing about this, if you, if you know, it being winter, everybody's house is a little warmer than it normally would be yeah, because worse. you have your heat on or your that's wood right. stove or something mm -hmm. like that. And so, again, leaving your fruit on the counter, that's going to make it go, go bad faster because the temperature is much higher than what, like as Earl said, than it was before. And so a key thing is if you want to ripen a piece of fruit because you're keeping it in the fridge, you're going to have to manage it. And you're going to pull your couple pears out, let them ripen for a couple days, and then be prepared to eat them. And kind of you have to do more managing this time of year. Uh -huh. And generally yeah. in winter, put it in the fridge and just take it out in the morning if you want to eat it at night, mm -hmm. right? To let it warm up. Well, probably even in, depending on the on how uh, ripe or sure, unripe sure. it is. It may be a couple of days, sure. but you have to pay attention to it. Yeah, and no longer that big fruit bowl on the counter for days and days. It just won't last. Right? Yeah, it is good to bring it up to room temperature yes. if you want to eat it. You yes. know, the sure. flavors are going to become more apparent under room temperature. So, you know, maybe bring an apple out in the morning if you want to have it later, or maybe keep sure. it keep it overnight on the counter and then you want to enjoy it. The one thing about grapes is what you will see since these since the the season is extended a good month to six weeks. You're gonna, you, they may not be as attractive as they were back in uh, July and August. You're going to see some browning of the stem rather than a vibrant green, mm -hmm. and uh, they're, they're probably going to be a little lower color. Otherwise, but, they're very good still, very, very high in sugar. And you could always freeze them. You could always yeah, freeze them to even go. get another month's life out of them just to get that little <laughs> bit of grape flavor in your life. Mm. Earl, always wow. a pleasure. Amazing. Thank you, Earl. Thank you ah, so much for joining stuff. us. Um, we're looking forward <laughs> to another great year with you of being on uh, An Organic Conversation. So until yeah. next week, thanks a lot, and we'll see you then. Keep it rolling. <laughs> Thank thanks, you, Earl. See you later. Thanks. Bye now. Great. Thank you. Wow. And they figured out that storage to the T now, right? Nowadays, they know exactly to the 10th of the degree how to keep something fresh so that it lasts the longest, at least, whatever that means. For the cold storage. Yeah. And then they actually, he was talking about controlled atmosphere, yeah. where they've actually got rooms where they take the oxygen out and uh -huh. replace it with nitrogen. And so it's literally a controlled atmosphere where when he Suspense says it was life. in state of suspended yep. animation, <laughs> it actually, it absolutely is it's there. And then you pull it out and it actually... Is from the day. It's like it goes in, and it's as it was the day it was picked. But as soon as it comes out, it actually is two month old fruit. You have yeah. spent some time in those, right? You, because you look, you look yeah, <laughs> ninety years old. You look like sixty or whatever. <laughs> Talk about relationships. Uh, Thanks, Mark. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Well, it's been a really rich hour. I love talking about what is in store and what we can do with it. And now would be a time to turn to. Helga's organic moment because yeah. it usually is a place to Where's the music? Get a little awareness. <laughs> I, I hear it coming. Yes. That's my organic moment. Yeah. <laughs> Tell it, brother. Yeah. My organic moment. That's my <laughs> weekly review of what's beautiful and inspiring. And oh boy, did I have a moment. I watched an an Animal Planet show and I think it's amazing how 
technology. I mean, they have always we really been good. Um, you know, Jack Cousteau, those films, right? But the quality and the technology they're using now, where the mini camera is in the owl nest or in the right. fox hole, right? And you can see the five little foxlings, whatever they're called, and the mom. I mean, unbelievable. I don't know how they do it. So I watched this episode on the Arctic and the Antarctic, mostly a show on snow, <laughs> really, and what it does to life. Um, and then spring coming and summer and then snow again. Um, there was one an amazing story, and it reminded me of the topic of today, which is 2014. It's all about relationships. It's the relationship between the crow and the wolverine. The wolverine is this badger-like animal. It's a ferocious eater. It's constantly hungry. It's smart as hell. It it um, it it eats you know only what it needs, and then it stores away the rest for later in the year. It's the only animal that scientists believe is never hungry. It's never hungry because it always has freezers full of meat hanging somewhere. Oh. Brilliant. Um, but it doesn't have a particularly good smell. And so the relationship between the crow and the wolverine is the crow remembers the dead carcasses of the tundra, of the, of the places that are completely covered with 10 or 20 feet of snow. And so during the winter, when the crow gets hungry, it looks for the wolverine and it shows the wolverine the way to the snowed-over carcass until the wolverine finds it and then digs it free and then chews it up. And only because of the chewing and the ripping through the meat of the wolverine actually does the crow get to eat because it would neither be able to get to the animal nor it's frozen block solid. It's a, it's a frozen solid body of of a dead animal, it would never be able to pick enough meat off of it. So the crow shows the wolverine where it is. The wolverine eats its part and leaves lots of meat pieces flying around all over, which then allows the crow to survive during the winter. I think that's fascinating because I've seen in nature before there are relationships where one does something for the other, but not in return. Both the wolverine and the crow, neither one would survive if it wasn't for that relationship, if it wasn't for that partnership. So makes me wonder where else we can lend a hand or our talent to help someone make it through this life and maybe in return we'll make it through ours much easier as well. <laughs> it makes me wonder why all these crows are appearing in my life at this point in time. See? So. How can we lend a hand <laughs> and what do we get in return? Yeah, those synergies, symbiosis, amazing. It is amazing. And I love that, too, about um, asking for what you need. Not that the crow necessarily asked the wolverine, but it, it is, like you said, a very symbiotic relationship. And I think that a lot of people are have an easier time giving than they do asking. And now as we're looking at how we create what yeah, we want that. to create this year, to ask for the support that you need because the health of all is dependent on the health of the individuals, and we can all help each other. Yes, and it's not about just the benefit of what we can be for one another. Since you know this is our life, it's actually just like with the wolverine and the crow. It is survival. This is it. This is the one life we have. And just as neither one would make it between that partnership, you know, we can die happily and well loved, and having loved well, and um, or not. And it's our choice today to put that in place. I'm all for it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. That was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. I don't see you through the week. See you through the window. Talking on the telephone, I don't see you in that Indian summer. Then I want to see you further.